back. Run it back. Live run from the Rich Eisen back. Show studio in Los Angeles. Why not run it back? We could be world champions. Yeah. This is the Rich Eisen Show. F them picks. We'll use them to go win more Super Bowls. With guest host, Susie Schuster. We're world champions. Let's go, y'all. Earlier on the show, Pro Football Hall of Famer Marshall Fox. Basketball Hall of Famer Charles Barkley. Coming up. Basketball Hall of Famer and Lakers legend Jerry West, plus author of Showtime, Jeff Perlman. And now, it's Susie Schuster. Hi, everybody. Happy to be back in the chair as my husband is winging his way to Hawaii for a couple of well-deserved rest days. A lot of my ties. I hope he still remembers some sunblock and also how cool I am that I let him go to Hawaii. And did I say let? You did. Marshall I mean, Falls, did I say out. let? You did. You did. You I'm did. sorry. I'm just saying I'm not only the best mom ever, but I'm also the coolest wife ever and yeah, but we already knew that, right, Marshall Falk? It's all good. I'm just saying. Hi, TJ. How are you? I'm great. How thanks, are you guys doing? Thanks for letting me come in today, TJ. <laughs> that, was saying. The, oh, that was my choice? I mean, of course. I say come in more to be completely I thought we were video. drinking mimosas today. What happened no, that's to that? Friday, baby. So, that's Friday. Chris Brockman, tomorrow's mimosa Friday because Kara okay. Henderson Sneed is coming in to stay with me for an hour. It should be what they would call a something show. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> two women and a lot of mimosas. So coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. Mike Del Tufo, hi, how are you? I hate it when he says poop show. I honestly, can we just, just start by saying, like, can we just tell him, like, honey, enough with the poop show, you sound like you're three. But you know, I might say the SH show because I've been known to sometimes drop things on the air, and that's never a good look. Del Tufo has a dump button, don't you, Mike? Mm. Yeah, Mike. No? But he's not button. paying attention, so I no. mean... Uh, <laughs> Mikey, just in case I say something Mike, stupid, just put it. your finger on the button just in case. I'll cut the mic off. <laughs> I did almost say something really bad on the air for TNT one time. I was in the middle of watching Deadwood. Remember Deadwood? Ooh. Did you ever watch that, Marshall? No, but I know it. <gasps> there are a lot of vulgarities on that show and I was binging it and I was doing a little rehearsal with Dick Stockton who I think thought I was a little loopy anyway and I almost dropped a a, a, a word that would have had me fired oh. and it was I'm just saying hi Marshall Falk thanks for spending all three hours with me I thanks appreciate for having it me. thanks for having me I love having you here yeah. are you kidding plus you you won a Super Bowl with the Rams it's fairly good timing aside yeah. from the fact that you yeah, know it's a, it's a good time for me it's kind of, how yeah. was it for you watching that yesterday? Was, what was that like? It was awesome. It it was awesome. You know, it's like you, you you literally get to relive the moment. You know, and um, it's I, I yeah, I, you know, you forget the feelings and being at the game and watching it and watching the ceremony. You really, it's I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I've you 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 relive the moment in your time. Like only because your team, I like I watched other teams win Super Bowls and it just it wasn't the same. But watching the Rams organization hoist another Lombardi was like, man, this is you actually go through the the moments. Like I I had the the feelings as if you know I was out there on the stage. It was it was it was pretty good. You and I watched the NFC Championship game together, yes. and I have to say, if you're a football fan. You, you got to someday just, I wish everybody could watch a game with Marshall Falk because <laughs> it's so exciting to stand next to you and he and he stands there and he's like, oh yeah, he's going to run the ball there. Oh yeah, yeah. this this is going to be a hot mess here. You call everything ahead of time. It's like a clairvoyant. It's pretty sick. Oh, you think Tony Romo predicts plays. It's pretty sick yeah. to stand there with you and you were 
always right, which was insane. But to watch the plays unfold and how you see, I remember one time at dinner, one time I asked you about how you see the field. Really quick, share it with everybody because I'd love to have everyone understand what it was like for you to look at the field and watch things open up slow motion. Yeah, it's football is, you know, formations and tendencies and and the players that you have out there, what what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, after there's there's a first half and a second half and then there's a chess match on who can figure out what. Literally, because everybody's doing a lot of the same thing and a team has a weakness, a team has a strength and, you know, you're, you're, they're trying to use your strength and you're trying to attack their weakness. And when I watch the game, once you figure that out, you understand literally what has to happen on every play. The minute, like every play, there's a sequence of plays and situations down in distance determine what's going to happen, literally. But walk us through what it felt like to be you on the field. I, I, I Like, man, that's that's like, I, I can't even put it into words. I mean, I, like, I think football so much that I don't even consider it. Like, I, I, I played in process. You know, it was like it was all just processed. Um, you know, I saw stuff kind of, um, before it happened, uh, understanding what was what was going on, and um, I can't even put it in words. It's so hard. It's like Matrix, uh, yeah. Matrix style. I mean, the game was slower for me, but for the most part, uh, I just understand. I understand the game of football. Like I get it. You know, it's just like that's my jam. I get it. Like I know football very well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think uh, the Hall of Fame would say that you do indeed. Um, what was it like for you watching Matthew Stafford's progression as a big game quarterback over this last season? The playoffs was was it was awesome, man, to watch the playoffs and and watching him throughout the season kind of kind of morph into the guy that he was early in the year. Uh, it was a lot of him throwing deep. You know, McVeigh went to that, and obviously um, when they tried to move into some of the things to to kind of you have to operate in this space as we go down the stretch. You got to manage the game a little bit and be a little bit more careful with the football. They started to do that, and he struggled with it a little bit. But later in the season, you saw him start to kind of hit his stride. And as the playoffs started, um, he he won me over. I wasn't I, I I couldn't figure out was it Detroit. Oh, was it Stafford? It was like, that was always, ew. I was like, oh, and I text Rich. I'm like, there he is again. <laughs> there he is again, Rich. You know, oh, yep, there he is again. But to watch what he did in the NFC Championship, that fourth quarter um, may have been some of the best football of his life. And the last drive in the Super Bowl, um, those, like, that right there, uh, if if he can if he can bottle that up and and tap into it when needed, like continue to be the Matthew Stafford that he is who take chances. But when the game is in the balance, tap into that. I I, I see no reason why Matthew Stafford and the Rams don't continue to win Super Bowls with the talent that they have. Can we talk about that no look pass to Cooper Cup and the skill set that that took? Yeah, I I, I mean I I like. I just Patrick Mahomes is the only person I've ever seen throw one of those, and um, to do it <laughs> in that game, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I 
it's he's he's comfortable uh, in his surroundings, and um, I just uh, I have to give the guy his credit because I was a I was a, and I don't want to say critic. I was more of a a doubter. I didn't know if if they were making the right move. Um, and as I you know I said throughout the week of Super Bowl when I was talking, you know you get rid of a guy who who won playoff games and and got you to a Super Bowl. He may have proven that he can't win you one and got you there. And then you go get kind of an unproven guy in a sense of playoff football. Man, you that's that's less need. That's ballsy. You know, that is that is and and we we know less, you know, he takes chances, man, and he does things that's un, unconventional for a GM that a lot of GMs if it goes bad, you're out. <laughs> you're out. But but less has no problems going to get guys when they need it. And, and Mr. Cronkie's okay with it. Like he's, he's like, all right, cool. I can, I see the vision. And when you have that, it allows a guy like Les Snead to do his job. But I just did not see, I did not know. And I guess, how could we know? He hadn't, he hadn't won a playoff game. See Stafford do what he did in the playoffs, the fourth quarter of the NFC, NFC championship. And that last drive, the game winning touchdown drive. Marshall Falk here on the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. Les Snead is like Cool Hand Luke. I mean, and, and his meme about something, picks, you know, about the shirt he was wearing of himself, by the way. That he takes, that takes some balls to wear he a shirt. He was wearing a shirt. <laughs> That's Rich Eisen. <laughs> With his own face. <laughs> that was that is job, very That is Good job. That was, hey, listen, listen. People, Les has made a lot of moves and people's questioned a lot of stuff. You know, it's like, now, how you like how you like me now? Mm-hmm. That's that's and and you reserve the right, buddy. Good job, good job. I mean, because he he the Jalen Ramsey trade. What is he doing? You know, all, all just just a lot of stuff that they did. People question. And now what? Now what? As we look ahead to the free agents, I mean, are, are we going to run this thing back, or or, or what do you think is going to happen? Well, that's that's the question, you know. And I, I guess I guess guys like OBJ, you know, they got decisions to make on on do they want to stay in a place like this and and continue to be a part of the fold of a, of, of a nuclear nucleus that um and, and not just the players on the field, but when you have front office that's willing to make the moves like they are, then. What they're saying is, if you guys remain competitive, we're always going to give you the components to be successful, and it doesn't matter if we have to if we have to leverage first round picks, and that's I mean that's what you want. That's that's what a lot of teams do not do, and and the Rams got some decisions to make in free agency, some some core guys that um, I can't wait to see what what they decide to do with those guys or what those guys decide to do if they're going to you know what I want to be in L.A. I want to be here. It's different going somewhere else, getting the money, but maybe not having what you have here in L.A. L.A. is a is a is a destination for a lot of people. It's catnip they, they for want, athletes. Yeah, yeah, they want they want to play here. They they want to they want to be able to go to Laker Clipper games, Dodger Angels games. You know, they want to be able to do that. They want to be able to watch the Kings for those that like the other ducks that like hockey, whatever they want to they want to have that. We saw that last night at the Lakers game, exactly. right? With Donald sitting exactly. there courtside. And, and, and the way they embrace. It, I, I almost feel like, you know, um, Utah was winning that game. That game was just about out of hand. And 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 LeBron hit a shot from the left side, and Aaron Donald kind of stood up and said something to him, and there it went. There it went. Like, it, it was on. Like, LeBron, they... LeBron was not going to lose with Donald right there. He hates, the, I can speak for LeBron, and I will. He hates 
that the spotlight's on the Rams. Who are you kidding? He can say, like, Rams, let's have the parade, whatever. He was not going to lose that game with Donald sitting right there with all that bling on. Exactly. You know, he, LeBron, appears to be the type of guy that if he can one-up you, he's going to one-up yeah. you. It's not like taking the spotlight off you. He just want to step mm-hmm. into it with you. And 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 he did that last night, you know. And uh, listen, um, he's a big game player. He's a guy that shows up in the biggest moments. He make the big plays. That's that's what LeBron James does. Marshall, because- if you were Von Miller, if you were Odell, what would you do in free agency? I, I, I wouldn't leave. They look, listen. Um, Von won a Super Bowl and then watch his team got dismantled. And for Odell, um, man, you you you're playing with. You have other guys. You don't have to be the guy always. I mean, it's, it, and it's a great nucleus. Like he, that's a that's a really good room that they have. You know, they have a really good room when you think about the wide receivers that are there, the vets, and the young guys. Um, it's I don't think he could find a better better space. And if he's going to get more money to go somewhere else, being in LA, the off the field money is going to be better. Yeah, he also has a. Pretty long rehab coming up. Same knee uh, that he had tore up a couple years it, ago. It'll be different. He he been there, done that. Yeah. You know, second time around is a it's a little bit it's a little better because you know what to expect. You know what to right. anticipate. You know how hard you can push yourself. But um, feel sorry for him with that. But listen, man, I uh, I I love what he embodied this season. What he went through. Um, Obviously, his dad did him a huge favor by getting him out of Cleveland. Right. You know, good job, Odell. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> getting, getting him out of Cleveland. And um, Were you like us, though, watching the game on Sunday? Did it feel like to you that he was about to be Super Bowl MVP? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Those, those were his plays. Right. You know, when when I watched, those were his plays. Those were literally his plays. The 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 plays that, that eventually went to Cooper, you know, those were his plays. And what about what about Donald? What about Big Wit? What do you expect from these guys? You know, I, if if I'm if I know McVeigh, he's trying to talk him into let's 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 try to repeat because that's the only reason you come back at his age with the body of work that he's put in. He's played at a high level, you know, and and he, and he continues to play at a high level. Uh, it, it was so the 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 best. The, the the best thing that happened for him and the worst thing that happened for Cincinnati was the early sack that Henderson got because um uh, uh what's his face tripped tripped with he got yeah, the, yeah. Ba- the back oh, stayed yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 the back stayed in too close and and he tripped him and and he gave up a sack you know what third play of the game yeah and and it was on. <laughs> It, he basically pitched a shutout after that. That was it. That was the only one. <laughs> he pitched. He, I'm talking about him personally. He pitched a shutout on that that backside. Nothing happened. So crazy. What a game. We have uh, three hours, so two and a half left to talk to you about the Rams. And we yeah, will continue. Let's keep talking. Continue to they do that. They deserve it, man. They do. Well, World I champs. So. I mean, there hasn't been a parade here in a long time. World champs. Uh, we're going to have Jerry West join us after the break because I like to go legendary. I like to bring Hall of Fame. We had Charles Barkley in the first hour Hall of Fame. Jerry West coming up next. Marshall Falk with me the whole time. Jeff Perlman coming up in the third hour. He wrote Showtime, the, the show that's coming up, the Lakers show on HBO, so you, which will you, be when sick. When you host a show, you, 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 you bring the heavy, you're a heavy hitter yourself. You bring the heavy hitters. <laughs> I really am. That's, I'm not going to lie. That's what it is.
I it know. is what let's just call a spade a spade. Just saying somebody in this house has her own Emmy. There you go. You know? there you go. <laughs> oh, whatever. Wow. Wait a minute, did I just say that? There you go. Let me just Shots. scratch back my head with my Emmy. Sometimes I like to walk across the office into Rich's office and just take the Emmy and go like this. Hey, honey, I had I had a question for you. Um, but I can't play golf, so watch me segue into Callaway Rogue. I wish I could play golf. You know what I like you when should. I play golf? I oh. want everyone to turn around. I don't want them to watch me tee off. And I can hit it. That's fair. I either hit it or I don't. Do you know what I mean? I've got no short game. I have no patience. I can either hit the out of it or I hit it like... I think Callaway Rogue needs me, don't you think? Let's I think you need the Rogue. Oh, God, I need the Rogue so bad. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. Or I might bomb it. But it's it's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to HMOI. You know what, I would, if I were... um. I had a, a an anchor I used to work with who she would read everything on the teleprompter like Ron Burgundy. Remember that? So she read ERA instead of ERA. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're welcome, people. But that's just the beginning. Mike Del Tufo, you were at Fox the whole time. You probably know who I'm talking about. Yes. But that's just the beginning because Callaway has engineered a rogue ST for every player. Most golfers will fit into the max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. But there's also Max D, their dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. Now, if you need something more low spin, there's Max LS, which gives you stronger trajectory with a more neutral ball flight. But for the true players out there, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS is the compact, low-spin head that the tour players love. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed, so all you have to do is go rogue. Find a Rogue ST driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. Jerry West, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show, don't go anywhere. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Susie Schuster, Marshall Falk, back on the Rich Eisen Show. And am I on the phone during... Uh, Chris is looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, no, no, I was wanted you to stay on. I would have, because I've got Jerry West calling me. I'm trying to get him on for us right now. Well, so we're, we're trying to get a hold of I'm him I'm just right saying now. I'm tap dancing a little bit, just making phone calls, <laughs> just like a secretary. You know what I mean? I'm just trying just to, him. Just just trying to patch calls just through. Just No secretary. You're no secretary. In the olden days, you know, it's like... Hi, hold for Mr. West, please. Executive right? assistant. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't think we say the yeah. S word anymore. You yeah. don't think so? No. I was an assistant. I was terrible, by the way. I can't even assist myself. Forget about assist somebody else. I was very good at um, doctoring expense reports, though. I'm just saying. Whatever. Uh, we're going to get Jerry West in a second. I'm going to try to tap dance right here, Marshall. And as I do that, and watch me try to distract everybody out there while I try to get Jerry on... What's your favorite All-Star memory as we look at Jerry's head in, heading after we, we talk to him to uh, Cleveland for the All-Star game? Hmm. Favorite All-Star memory. Um, I go back to, uh, what was it, the 88 slam dunk contest? Was it 88? I think Jordan. Dominique and Jordan. Jordan and Dominique. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, that was epic. That was That was back when the Stars participated in the, and the slam dunk, it had to be that one, or uh, or back when um, uh, when J.R. Ryder. Oh yeah. Whew, man, you want to talk about flying? Yeah. Yeah, like I was always like, I wanted to watch the guys dunk it. It wasn't. I didn't really get into the. Talk about the stars. The, the, the game. The game never yeah, was really. Yeah. People forget Kobe did a dunk contest. Yes. During his, I don't know if his rookie year, TJ, or this. His, I think it was second uh, it, year. It was, it was first maybe two, first year. Yeah, and it's kind of a bummer when you think about it that LeBron never. I mean, I guess maybe he was too big of a star since he came into the league, but it would have been nice to see him get out there one at least one time to do the dunk contest. Yeah, you know, power dunkers. He's a power dunker. True. You know, most I mean, of he threw one down last night. I mean. For him to still be able to get up and throw it down with that much, you know, yeah. ferocity, at, you know, his nice. Yeah, when I when I look at LeBron, like, like he, 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 I don't know if I've ever seen him do like pretty dunks. Like his dunks <laughs> are powerful. They're angry. Yeah, they're angry. Yeah, last he, last night was angry. Yeah, like he's a he's one of those power dunkers. It's like Dominique, Dominique was a power dunker. Yeah. Jerry a, lot of, West, a lot of jerky motions. Jerry West joins us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Finally, that was stressful. Jerry, I, that was stressful. I think we thought we called you at a country club first, but we got you on now, so I'm happy. Well, as I say, you guys got to get your numbers right. <laughs> we got to get our act together. This is like ridiculous here. This is what happens when they let me they let me out of prison, put me back in charge. <laughs> Jerry, what's your favorite all-star memory? Here's some, obviously, uh, I played in it. 14 all-star games and when they first started they were so different uh because you know you go there and it wasn't a really big deal uh it was obviously for the players involved uh to get selected it was an honor of course and uh today you know you have your fans involved and so it was a completely different process of getting there but uh, you know today you can take uh some cities that will put their players on there, and they'll really rally tremendous support behind them. And 
obviously some players that uh, get there are because of the support of the fans in that respective city and everyone pushes certain players because they think they played well enough to get there so it's a completely different process you know at one time you went there for the all-star game and now all the other festivities the dunk contest the shooting contest the skills contest and it's really like uh, i assume one big party i, I don't make it a habit to go to these games because they've changed so much and uh, the other things are part of the excitement for the fans and obviously the kids and the sponsors and it's kind of a respite from a you know a, a, an excruciating difficult schedule for these kids this year. Jerry what's it like for you watching the change in the players as they become Marshall and I were talking about this earlier with Charles Barkley more self-absorbed more focused on themselves, um, the changes in their attitudes towards the game that you love so much? Well, you know, I think it's easy for people to sit back and criticize, but one of the things, time doesn't stand still, Susie. Um, you know, the advent of the game, the three-point shot has changed everything. The, I think the loosest of standards at one time that would not be uh, acceptable today in terms of you know, the carrying the ball, uh, the walking that goes on, the uh, uh, the violations of the rules. And again, this is a really tough game to uh, uh, to uh, officiate because of the size, skill, and the quickness of the game. But my goodness, I just see walking um, all over the place. Um, you know, it's just, it's just amazing to me. It's something that they tolerate now that wouldn't be tolerated before. And I think it's the advent of the Euro step, uh, which many times is not three steps, about four steps. Uh, it's simply impossible to change directions 90 degrees or 100 degrees unless you carry the ball. But I think we better get used to it as part of the culture now. And uh, it's about entertainment and allowing the players the biggest stage they can to show off their ball handling ability, uh, some of the incredible things they do physically. So. The game is changing, but I think the biggest change has been the three-point shot. Um, at one time, coaches, there are a lot of different coaching styles. Some people more protective of uh, controlling the game, uh, number of shots taken, uh, a lot of times because of a uh, lack of physical uh, equipment on their team, uh, lack of players that didn't have the, this great skill, so they tried to mold them into some kind of players. But today, my goodness, you don't see it. a lot of teams score less than 100 points today in any given game. Jerry, I just uh, and I and I'll ask you this question because I I don't know how how you're supposed to do it. How how do you play defense now in the NBA? Is that is it like should you just not because it's 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 hard. I mean everything's a foul in today's game. Jerry, there. Yeah, I am. I did not hear that question at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Marshall, sorry about that. Marshall Falk was asking you, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 was asking you, I was asking you, how do you play defense in today's sorry, game? I'll say it again now. I, I was asking, how do you play defense in today's game? Because defensively, everything's a foul to the guy with the ball. Well, it's, it's become more difficult. And uh, as I say, over the years, people come to the game to see something. Uh, we have some unbelievable athletes in this year, and I. I heard you talking about LeBron James. Now, I want you to think of what this guy's accomplished for so many years. 
physically, he's just been so dominant his whole career. Now, you know, as he's gotten older, <clears throat> I think he's gotten to be a better basketball player. I really do. He just doesn't always uh, rely on his ability to go into the basket, use his size and his cleverness to bump people off and make shots. He really can shoot the ball now. And I think that's been the reason he's been able to survive along with this unbelievably gifted mind that he has. And it's become a profession now. And uh, today, the you know, the amount of money that the kids can make today, uh, don't you think for a second that they don't want to put themselves in a position in life to be able to walk away from the game and say, oh, I can start a, a career, a new life, based upon the fact that I don't have to rush out and get a job to try to support myself. So you have to give it to the kids. And uh, as I say, the NBA uh, is progressive and obviously things that fans like to see. Uh, some of them are really spectacular. Uh, you go back and look at him, you say, oh, my gosh, the guy walked about six steps doing it. And um, <laughs> But again, they used to be so strict with the rules. But I think it's a sign of the times. I mean, there, there were a lot of rules that were strict then, uh, not just applying to basketball, but uh, life in general. And we do not have those rules today, and uh, they're becoming a lot less um, a lot less strict on a lot of things that people do in a regular lives, much less uh, in sports. And, you know, we just got through the Super Bowl, my goodness. Uh, and if you watch, you know, passes being thrown, mm -hmm. um, how subjective it is for pass interference, my goodness. Um, uh, and at the wrong time of the game, early in the game, they won't call them. Late in the, I mean, late in the game, they will not call them unless the offensive team has it. And uh, I just see a complete difference in all sports. You know, hockey, I don't know. I think it's one of the most fun games in person to see. I do not know some of the penalties they're calling. I've been – I watched hockey for years when I was a player. I used to see all the home games. I loved hockey. But uh, as I say, certainly the rules have been restricted, but also to allow these players who can do so many remarkable things. And uh, it's pretty to watch. But in the process, it might, be, <laughs> it might not be legal at one time in the league. Hey, Jerry, uh, a question. And I, I don't know this about the rules of basketball. Can an offensive guy get called for flopping? Is it an actual foul? Like, is it, like, will they well, call? As I, as I say, it, you know, there's a few people in this league that are really clever, really clever. And the officials today, every time you hear a guy drive, if you just listen, if you're listening on the air, guy screams, always screams, before he even shoots the ball. Yeah. So he's hoping to draw the uh, attention of officials. They do listen. And it's, it, that, to me, is... Go to acting acting school sometimes, and you'll do better. But, again, this game has completely changed. Uh, you know, I watched uh, a game last night, which I watch a game every night or some game, and watching the Knicks and uh, the Nets last night. Um, the Knicks had a, another insurmountable lead and imagined to get a, uh, some way, somehow, to lose a game. They've lost a bunch of games where they've been in 20 points ahead and lose it in the last quarter, and it's hard to believe as well coached as they are. But it also shows you that players who keep playing and putting more pressure and more pressure, 
And it usually applies on both ends of the court. More aggressive defensive play, which forces quicker shots, uh, bad shots. You miss them. These leads can evaporate really quickly in the league. And I think that's why people don't leave the games anymore, because they can, teams can come back, and particularly if they work at it. Oh, Jerry, I mean, somewhere Stephen A. Smith is still in a fetal position. Oh, my God. Screaming at the top of his head, the Knicks are a national disgrace. I mean, Jerry, that game was ridiculous, was it not? Well, they played the Lakers here in Los Angeles and were way ahead. Uh, I think they played Portland, they were way ahead. And, again, these games are never over. All you have to make, if you just think about it, let's let's say that you're ahead by 15 points, okay? You come down and miss two shots, and and you miss them. The other team goes down and makes a three, okay? All of a sudden, they make two turnovers. The team comes down and makes another three and a foul shot. Four times down the court, you might be make up 12 points. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, fans get frustrated because New York wants a team, okay? And I look back in time, and, uh, you know, they've had some very good teams there. They won, uh, they won championship back there. But uh, probably that was the place I really wanted to be drafted, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought I was going to get drafted there. You know, being from West Virginia, we played there all the time. The fans were very accepting of the fact we played a very up-tempo game. And uh, I thought it would be a great place to play. But as it turned out, again, you know, some things life doesn't always provide what you think is going to happen. And to have an opportunity to come here in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, play my career here and be involved for so many years, it was probably the right thing that happened. Yeah, somehow that worked out for you, Jerry West, <laughs> Hall of Famer, legendary icon Jerry West. Hey, I'm curious your thoughts uh, on the Ben Simmons trade and, and, and the trade that went down, obviously. Um, what are your thoughts on on mental illness becoming part of the equation here and how this turned out? Well, Susie, you know, I spoke about it a long time ago, and I wrote a book and, and talked about the issues I faced in my life, and most of the issues I faced in my life are how to deal with my emotional issues. And um, my goodness, I've lived, like a lot of people, some really dark moments in my life, and I don't know what sets it off, but uh, you know, going back to some of the things I saw as a kid, uh, which were not conducive for loving, nurturing families, um, it was really difficult for me. And, and Susie, uh, you know, just yesterday, and I don't know why yesterday, but yesterday I had one of the worst days of my life yesterday. Um, it was, you know, something that comes and goes, obviously for athletes to have to cope with it. In a world when people, the first thing they think about is how much money they're making. That has nothing to do with how you feel about yourself. Um there's a lot of times I felt like a failure as an athlete because we get we are almost like teasing the fans of Los Angeles. You know, lost eight out of nine times in the finals, and when you that's the time that you just kill yourself to perform at the highest level, and everyone says, "Well, you know, you do it, you do it for the franchise." No, you don't. You do it for your teammates and also the fans who support you, and. It doesn't, you know, the franchise benefits from it, okay, the enormous success. But there's such a personal feeling for me that you never deceive your fans. Uh, you never keep teasing them. And 
listen, we've all been teased in our lives in a lot of ways, and I certainly have, and I didn't like that feeling, and I just felt we had let the fans down go. There's twice in my career that, in the height of my career, I, I didn't want to play anymore. It was that painful. And um, as I've gotten older, I think things, personal things bother me more now. Uh, I'm more likely to lash out uh, than I have before. And that's not my nature normally, Susie. It's not. But you just, there are certain things that really frustrate you. And I think that the, uh, the things that you don't accomplish as a team, uh, for the people who support you and really care, uh, and really care. Um, that's what matters most. Jerry West here on the Rich Eisen Show, Marshall Falk, Susie Schuster. Jerry, I think it's really, um, it's big of you. It's gracious of you to share that. I think many people would be flummoxed to hear that, uh, that somebody as iconic as Jerry West can have those dark moments too. Oh my gosh. I have a lot of them, Susie, and as, as I've gotten older, um, you know, I get there's things that just frustrate me. And Susie, they might not be, you know, how you treat people is the most important thing in the world. I don't care who you are. If you don't treat people with respect and kindness, it's one of the most derogatory things that everyone on this earth, regardless of who you are, you know, if you're a, people have a lot of success, and unfortunately, we, uh, um, look at success and say, well, that person got a lot of money. It has nothing to do with it. Giving, giving of yourself, and my goodness, I wish in my life that I would have been able to make the kind of money these people would do. Uh, today, I would help make a difference in a community. I wouldn't want anyone to know it. And I try in my own way to keep things that I do that are personal to me, giving back. I just don't want anyone to know it. And uh, there's things I love to do for people, and particularly for young kids who don't have uh, the best family life. They need a place to go and, uh, where there's a protective nature to it, uh, someone to go there and pay attention to them, uh, someone to go and teach, teach them something, and more importantly, teach them discipline about how you interact with people. Um, these are the things today that I wish that we would instead of talking about all these excessive things that we talk about, and let's care about the people that get lost along the way, young kids and, and people very much like me when I was young. Uh, unless I'd picked up a basketball, I wouldn't be alive. I wouldn't have had a chance to, to uh, live my life, and more importantly, live some of my dreams. And I'm a, I'm a big reader, and uh, there's certain writers that say things in essence that have resonated with me for other years. And the late Joan Didion, uh, unbelievable writer and, and incredibly, uh, just incredibly brilliant in touching certain people. Uh, she's an amazing writer, and I can resonate with her in some of the things she said. She said something that has stood with me. I did not know this till later in my life. She said, people tell, them stories order, tell themselves stories in order to live. Well, when I was a kid, I told myself stories. I didn't know who Joan Didion was. I had no idea. I used to tell myself stories because I didn't want to go, gonna go on a home and face what I might see. And so my feel-good times when I was out there, I could make every last-minute shot with 
find a way to put a second back on the shot uh, a shot clock. I could be the announcer. I could be the referee. Um, I could be the coach. And I would not leave there. And I was eight or nine years old. And this, everything I did was solitary. And uh, no one else liked to do what I liked to do. I used to love fishing all the time, going to woods, you know, wondering what I was going to see. And uh, But that was the thing that really resonated me. I was telling myself stories because I didn't, you know, when I went home, hell, I wouldn't feel very good about myself. And I've often felt that that was kind of a a stepping stone for me uh, in my life. When I've thought back, of it, uh, back on it, uh, there's been a lot of times in my life, Susie, I just want to give up. And, um, you know, I just say some people are just, they're charged differently. Um, some people are jovial and happy. Some people are not. Um, I go through days when I don't say a word, even at this point in my life. And uh, it's because I'm in one of those dark places, and, and um, I've seek, I seek, I seek help before, um, and frankly, it doesn't help me. I can't find what I would play a, a, find a peaceful place sometimes. And that's why meditation can help so many athletes, too. And if you haven't read it, I would say to anybody out there listening, A Year of Magical Thinking, maybe, Jerry, that's one of the books that touched you so much, but I know that that was one of the books that Joan Didion wrote that got me through some hard times. Amazing, amazing book. Uh, but, you know, I read about leaders, uh, not about... I read about, read about history, and, you know, everyone's so much uh, caught up in history, but we don't study history anymore. You should learn from history, okay? And unfortunately, we don't want to learn from history. Learning from history is the greatest teaching aid that any leader, anyone else could have in this world. Uh, It is just, it talks about the pitfalls of life. You know, if you look at wars, my goodness, it's it's ridiculous that people kill each other Um, over ideologies, religion. uh, You know, some person thinks that He's going to conquer the world. Uh, these are the things that he looks at millions, billions, and billions, and trillions of dollars that have been spent on military equipment. What if that money was spent differently in these countries that are constantly um, uh, struggling to survive? Their citizens, uh, lack of food, uh, lack of inst- infrastructure. Uh, to me, it would you know I would like to see the money spent on something else that would benefit kids and people that are growing up with some dreams that might not ever have a chance to achieve them. Jerry West, Safe Travels. We'll miss you, and hopefully we'll have you back in studio when you come back. Well, thank you guys so much. My best. And uh, going to Cleveland for an all-star game, I haven't gone to one for years. And uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> not unfortunately, but uh, I'm sort of going to be required to go there. But always <laughs> Enjoy Cleveland. <laughs> hey, Cleveland, Jerry's on his way. Jerry, thanks again. Thanks for the visit. I'll see you when you come back. Uh, Cleveland. The greatest. I love Jerry West so much. There I said it on the air. I love Jerry West. Just an all-time. He's man. The logo, man. Classy, wonderful, wonderful gentleman. Been lucky to call him a friend for almost 30 years. The logo. Don't take it for granted. Let's go to break. We're wrapping up hour number two when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More Rich Eisen show ahead. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back on the Rich Eisen Show to wrap up Hour 2. I'm Susie Schuster in for my husband, Rich Eisen, who is, I don't know, an hour, two hours into his trip, TJ, on the way to Hawaii for a couple days off. I mean, I mean you, know, I, you know he has his phone on, and we could just text that's him. That's true. Where are you? Because there's no shot that he's not on his phone the whole way across the ocean. Although he did Marshall say Falk he was going to binge watch Ozark on the flight. I think that's what he said. Really? Bateman will like that. Bateman likes to have yeah. the extra hey, um, that watchers. Was an amazing and powerful conversation at the end there with Jerry West. Uh, someone tweeted us, what was the book that you referenced? Yeah, it's The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. She wrote after she lost her daughter, Quintana Roo. And uh, it is one of the most impactful books I've ever read. In fact, my book club is revisiting that right now. And I cannot, for any of you who have experienced loss, I lost one of my best friends last year, Jamie Tarsus, uh, who was a prolific television producer. And uh, 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 those of us that are part of a Jamie group, we're rereading that group, right, that book right now, just because anybody who's gone through loss, that book will take you out from some pretty dark places. Marshall, did you ever have dark moments when you were playing or even in life? No, nah, just... Um... Just when our lights got cut off. Mm, that's true. That's it. I remember I asked you once if you were an environmentalist, and you said, yeah, you become an environmentalist when they turn off your heat. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, I was, um, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I, uh, I dealt with my things um, pretty early when I was, um, when I was, when, when I, when I got drafted and, you go through family to friends and they start to call you, you start to have, um, you know, like remorse because you made it and you start to feel bad for people. And um, I was in Indianapolis at the time and uh, having conversations with friends. They say, you know, you need to talk to somebody about that. And, and I just really went to have a casual conversation and it turned into, um, in life, me having someone to talk to about these things that that I never found myself in a dark place. You know, I think uh, we we take on so much as athletes, um, not just the sport, but the burden of 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 the family and and making it, and you make it. Everybody made it, and um, and we have you know we have tough times. You you have um, you know you, you have years where you you don't play as well or you're not. You know, you're injured and and it's what to do. And your identity uh, in the game kind of starts to become your identity outside the game. And you don't know how to forge anything other than. 
And um, I was lucky because of suffering that as a rookie, it started my path to, to having a therapist, having somebody to talk to that I never found myself in those, on those, in those spaces when, um, or in those places when, when you go through your rough time. You know, I think uh, one one time, and I, I remember vividly, we were playing a Monday night preseason game against the Detroit Lions when I was with the Rams. And it was hard for me to take the field that night because that day Hurricane Katrina hit and I didn't know where my family was. Had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a struggle to be out there. We have a whole other hour with Marshall Falk. I want to go back into that when we come back in the third hour of the Rich Eisen Show.